This episode of the CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have two convenient locations, Capitol Hill and Wallingford. I love going to Capitol Hill. I'll go order my food, whether it be tacos, burritos, or tamal. I love their tamales. They're fantastic. And then I'll go sit on the patio, enjoy my meal, and then wait for something interesting to happen. And given that it's Capitol Hill, something interesting always happens. If you don't have time to go to either location, you can always order through your favorite food ordering app, Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. They make it really easy to get all of your favorite items. So next time you're craving some delicious Mexican food, stop in or order. You'll be glad you did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Season Media Podcast. This is the second show back from a bit of a hiatus, and today I have a great show. Um, as my listeners know, I love boxing, and today I get to speak with the world-famous Rick Glazer. How's it going, Rick? Good morning to you. Um, All is well, Carlos. Uh, glad to be on your show. I've heard about your show for a while now, and uh, thank you for inviting me on. Um, we're, we're, we're definitely in trying times right now. There's no question about it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Well, speaking of those, um, just before we get started with your history and the current state of combat sports, how have you been doing? Um, uh, how's your health? How's the family? How, how have you been managing no, no, and keeping sane? Everything's going well. Um, my health, uh, I, I had, I had cancer for 32 months. I was cleared on, uh, April 3rd of oh, last fantastic. year. 2019, um, 32-month battle of cancer. I feel good, um, strong every day, um, doing my business. I've uh, been slow, obviously. There's been no boxing, basically, in March, April, May. Uh, and now started again in John, June 9th with the top-ranked shows. And um, everything is going along, and it's, it's, it's coming around again. You know, the, the, you know, the business and stuff. Society's coming around. More, you know, wearing a mask is a little... Weird going out wearing a mask. I mean, I robbed so many people over the years. I should have been wearing a mask before. Now I got to wear a mask. Yeah. So just kidding. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all coming around. Right. That way. No, the yeah. masks are a touchy subject now. It's like everything is everything is hot or cold, and uh, the mask is definitely a hot topic. Um, you know, it's just, everything is a bit, a bit more amplified at the moment, um, I believe. Uh, but I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Uh, I'm glad to hear. Have you been? Um, well, I mean, you you obviously have uh, have had things to do, but have you taken advantage to start a new hobby or you know learn a different language or you know you hear people say, "No, I'm using this time too." When you're, when you're 62 years old, <laughs> and you've been doing something for 29 years. You tend not to do too much differently. You've been doing the only thing different. I, the only thing I did was. I caught up on cataloging phone numbers and email addresses, throwing stuff away I don't need anymore, um, stuff like that. You know, there you go. It, I really didn't do anything as far as new hobbies or anything like that. You know, just I'm a boxing guy. Yeah. You know, boxing's my boxing's my passion, my livelihood, and my hobby. Well, there and, you, you know, go. I you know, I tweet twenty four seven boxing stuff. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. So it's like it's my it's my life. Yeah, that takes. You know, there's no time you know, for it, for other. 
Right. You know, I, I watch other sports. I, I want to watch NASCAR at 3 o'clock today, Eastern time, uh, 12 o'clock your time. Um, the, the, rain, the race rained out from yesterday, Talladega. You know, I'll okay. take that in and do, it, do what I got to do every day. You know, same, I'm the same guy. Every day. When you're 62, you don't change much. <laughs> If you you have it set. <laughs> you have the right. Uh, you 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 have the right mindset there. I'm um, going into going through what we've been what we've been going through. Well, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Well, let's. I guess let's talk a little bit about your history. Like what what drew you to the sport? What do you like? What's your favorite aspect of working in the boxing industry? Um, my listeners know some about boxing, but it's mostly just um, specific fights. Well. Uh, on the what fighter side. Is, right. What I do is I'm an international agent, broker, and consultant. I've been doing it for 29 years full time. And um, I broker deals all, all over the world. So give an example is if a promoter from uh, the UK, Germany, Russia, the Ukraine, wherever, they call me up and they say, hey, uh, you got anybody in North America uh, that, can, that can fight such and such and such and such a day, how much? And I broke I broker that deal. I, you know, I get ten percent. Okay. So the match then, the matchmakers 10%. come to you. Uh, promoters and matchmakers come to me. Yes. Got it. Now, let's just say an American promoter says to me, "Hey, I got nobody in America. I went through a bunch of names. You got anybody overseas that we, we could bring in uh, that would put up, you know, make a great fight with such and such, and uh, how much? And I bring a guy in from overseas. So I'm a, I'm brokering deals every day. That's what I do. That, um, sounds ex- that sounds that sounds exciting. That sounds very exciting, but at the same time, with uh, its own frustrations. <laughs> yeah, it's very frustrating when you tell a guy seventy five thousand for the fight. He's never made more than thirty five, and you tell him seventy five. He tells you that's not enough, and he sits on some unrealistic figure because somebody tells him it's worth a hundred grand, and then you can't make a deal. <laughs> If it was worth a hundred grand, I'd get them a hundred grand, but it ain't worth a hundred grand. They don't get it. Yeah. You know, they don't get it. Um, and that's a very, that's a very, very tough thing. Um, you know, everybody's trying to do, um, you know, give the fighter, you know, in their minds, good advice, but 99% of the time it's bad advice because they're not going to get the fight for that kind of money. Right. So in other words, I just had a fight recently um back in uh was supposed to be back in early march and um the um there was a fight was for thirty five thousand and some guy comes along and tells him it's worth worth six worth sixty thousand not a dime less hmm. okay well i so i said to the guy if it was worth sixty i say i get ten percent so i get six thousand if it's thirty-five thousand, I fight. I get thirty-five hundred. If there was sixty thousand there, it was worth sixty thousand. I said, "Don't you think I would get you the sixty thousand?" Yeah, I mean, it's your this, interest. This, 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 the problem is, I'm doing business in the street, and then a lot of them are uneducated, and it's very, very tough to explain. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, but it's simple. But you know, the you know, I understand market value. Fire is not going to tell me what he's worth. Right. In his mind, he could be worth that, but that's not reality. I, I, my, I have a very good negotiating line, and it's very simple. Guy tells me, and I offer him a hundred thousand for. I want two hundred thousand for a fight. I said two hundred thousand exists in your mind only. There's two figures to deal with: a hundred thousand or zero. And he says, <laughs> "Why zero? Because if you don't take the hundred, that's what you're getting that night." You so, know. <laughs> That, that normally puts them in reality real quick. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. I mean, it's like a, you know, but this goes across all sports, I believe, where a business class or two would probably help a whole lot just to have better understanding of what a true negotiation or what how business um, meetings should go or not should go, but how to behave and how the to think about, of things. The thing about Major League Baseball. They're negotiating with the with with. First of all, millionaires shouldn't negotiate with billionaires. It doesn't work real well. Yeah, trust me. Millionaires shouldn't fuck with billionaires. That's just what the facts are. Okay, and and they're going to come out on the short end. It probably won't be a season, and those owners won't won't miss a meal. 
They won't buy one less Rolls Royce. They don't give a shit. Right. Okay. And the, the, the players are the ones that have the short uh, career span and they need to make money every year. And uh, they're going to be more impacted than anybody else will be. Yeah. So it's, it, you know what? They're, they're, they're all crazy, but they don't know what they're doing to be honest. So, and and, it, and it's, it's the same thing in boxing. It, it just doesn't matter what the sport is. It's a, it's a, it's a funny thing about boxing, football, baseball, basketball, everybody's trying to make a living. Okay. You hire professionals that are of high quality to handle your business. And then you're going to tell the guy who you hire or you want to work with. Okay. How much you're worth when this guy is a career professional. So now I have a guy telling me what to do, even though he's not hiring me, he's telling me what he's worth when he's way out of market value. So, yeah, because, you know, it's and I'm sure that that's been the case for as long as, you know, this as long as this has been going on. Um, I I, I have more more so. No, not really. More so in the last 25 years, because when they used to be managers, used to listen, uh, fighters used to listen to their managers. Oh, okay. <laughs> they don't anymore. They think they're, uh, for some reason, because they can count the, they can, they can count the fingers on their hand. They think they're businessmen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. Cause, uh, you know, Don King, Mike Tyson came to mind <laughs> of how, well, of how it could, uh, how managers might not, uh, always look at it in the, uh, in, in, in the eyes, uh, through the eyes of a fighter. Well, Don was Mike's promoter, wasn't his manager, but I do get, I, I do get the, um, I, I do get the reference. No yeah. question. Yeah. So it's, would you say then it's a little bit of, uh, of the pendulum swinging the other way when it comes to the, the fighters wanting more control because they had. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but they, they want more control, but they don't have the knowledge. Yeah, I mean, you can't. They're not business people. I'm not trying to throw punches. Why are they trying to do my business for me? I'm not trying to do their business. I'm not trying to do, do their business. Uh, uh, throw punches. Why are they trying to do my business? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I can't throw punches, and they can't negotiate. <laughs> yeah. So I've uh, years ago, I used to work with a couple. Um, boxers who here in the Pacific Northwest, and they would mostly get fights at um, you know one one of the casinos that are here. And the way it was explained to me was the casino sets a budget for the promoter to hold the show, and the budget includes fighter purses. So when I would approach the fighter and say, "Hey, this is how much they're offering for this purse." It would be. It, it goes right along with what you're saying. It's like I'm not going to fight for that. I'm going. I need to fight way more. Try to get them more. Who is the fighter? Oh well, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna. I was gonna say that it's not a, the best experience. So I'll keep them. I'll keep them out of it. Um, and they're they're not well, fighting the anymore. Promoter, the, the promoter was Brian Hawkwist, and the casino was the Emerald Queen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. In fight. Yeah. In fight. Correct. Now I'm sitting here, I'm here sitting here 3,000 miles from you. People would say Seattle, people would say Tacoma. I'm telling you, Fife. Exactly. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Right. I know so, my business. You know what the hooker, you know what the hooker said to her customer? Stop pulling on my ears. I know my business. That's being said. That's being said. Fife. I know. You, yes, that's true. That's true. Brian is a very honest guy, and uh, he puts on a good show there for 25 years, not only boxing, but MMA and concerts. And Brian's a straight-up guy. He gets X amount of dollars from the casino. Yeah, it's a set budget. <laughs> it's right. like, it's, you know, and I would try to tell them there literally is no more money allocated to you. I, there's just there's no more. And uh it would, I mean, I think I was only able to successfully get a fighter to agree maybe half of the time, which I found unfortunate, yep. or the fighters half of the time, because it's unfortunate because they weren't busy. They would say, okay, I'm not going to be on this card, and then forget well, it. Well, 
fighter's mentality, that guy's mentality is what I was talking about. Yeah. I would rather make zero than make something. He, you're actually giving him full, getting him full market value. He's just, he's just over uh, rating his, his, uh, his market value. Exactly. Now, it's, it's not the promoter's fault, but the kid's delusional. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> then, then the kid comes back and says, oh, my life's on the line. Uh, you know, I'm the one getting hit in the head, not you. Okay, well, that's why you're getting compensated. Exactly. That's why you have a choice, right? There's there's a choice here. Right. <clears throat> well, let's um, the you, you as as you're brokering deals and you have you know decades of experience in this. Can you share a little bit about your? Uh, I don't want to say most you, you the 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 deal that you made that you thought was the coolest or the. Um, had the most impact to you? What what would you what would you say that one was? Um, I, not a, I can't say a particular fight because that's not true. Um, uh, working alongside Don King uh, for 13 years from 2003 to 2016 um, as his uh, go-to guy uh, really helped my career a lot. Mm. That was like big. Um, he put me on the map. Internet. He helped put me on the map even further internationally. The guy who helped me internationally the most is Don Majeski, and then Don King came along, and um, he even furthered my overseas presence and my, you know, my national presence, and everybody all of a sudden really, really, really took notice. Okay. And um, it really helped. I, it, was, it wasn't a particular fight. You know, the, the, the fight that I got the most recognition for is probably Joe Calzaghe and Roy Jones um, because it was a big fight in 2008. Um, it was actually, it turned out to be Kalzaki's last fight. He retired, went out as 46 and 0. Of course, I'm a Hall of Fame elector, and I, I, and I, I voted for him to get in the Hall of Fame, and he got in the first ballot. And, um, I, you know, that I got, I was known for that fight. Um, but then, you know, Don King, the big thing, but there was no one particular fight. You know, it's just when you've been doing this a long time, you're just lucky enough to be doing it a long time. Yeah. Don't look at what's the best <laughs> and the best. Because I remember something. Um, a, a guy goes to work and 90, 95% of people hate their jobs, right. hate their boss, hate their coworkers. And if they don't hate their coworkers, they hate something about their job. So I'm the kind of lucky guy that I doing what I want to do. I, I turned to, a hobby of watching boxing a sport as a spectator into a business and to do that that's for that's not easy no and i did it i did it my way yeah and that's so it, i mean you're it, living the dream right right, right that's great right. to and hear married, married late in life at age 55 and um you know seven years ago i'm a wonderful wife um i have no complaints you know, the health straightening out, got straightened out, you know, and hopefully it's, the cancer stays away from me. And, um, you know, it's all good. It's all good. No, know, that's great to good. hear. It's good to have that, that, um, it's good to view what you're doing in that way. It's healthy. It, uh, it, you know, makes you excited and happy each day to do what you're doing. Cause, uh, you know, I have had yeah. those jobs where I hate punching in and out every day. And it's a, it's a very sad existence. Well, the good thing about my business is it's not the same job every day. It's Some a little different. It's, right. It's rendering consulting work. Some days it's brokering a, a bunch of fights. Some days it's easy. Some days, sometimes you don't broker a fight for two weeks. Then all of a sudden you get hit with seven in two days. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I supply sparring partners. I do a lot of uh, consulting work, a lot of lobbying the organizations to move guys along your rankings and just all kinds of stuff that people that people need in boxing. Where do you, know, you I, where would you say the the fights you broker? Where do they take place mostly? Are they most mostly East Coast, Midwest? There, there's all over the world. All over. All over the world. Yeah. Because I yeah, do wish. Not a- I do wish there were more promotions here in the well in in Washington or in the Pacific Northwest. We have. We have Brian uh, Hulquist Productions, and he does his three or four times a year. And then there's another smaller one that does them uh, less frequently than that. And uh, you know, every now and then when I'm 
when I have friends over watching a fight and we're, uh, you know, I'm a margarita or two in, I say, you know, what would it take to really start a promotional company? And then I, I have a, uh, I have a spreadsheet of things that I've been told you need to be able to hold events and, um, well, I'll put it this way. Let me. Uh, Brian does uh, five to six boxing shows a year. He does uh, five to six MMA shows a year. Uh, he ends up doing twelve shows a year at that casino, his casino between yeah. the two sports. Um, what would it take? It takes a, a, a promoter's license, a bond uh, from the boxing commission, a promoter's license. You got to buy that. You got to buy the bond. It takes money in the bank. Okay, it takes some people like myself to help help uh, consult, uh, make deals for you. You got to go out and get a venue. It's not it's not the easiest thing ever. Believe no. me, if it was so easy, we'll let people be doing it. So yeah, one which is one basic guy in the whole Pacific Northwest. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So then after the third margarita, after we talk about everything that we need, we're like, okay, this is a this is quite an endeavor, and probably something that is not uh, feasible for for us to do at the moment but it would be nice it would be nice if there were if there were another one here because uh it you know we love i you know my wife and i and our friends love to go to boxing shows and it would be because we you know from my understanding of it like for example in the la area there's far more activity than there is here so having more yeah, options would be great also remember you're working with a lot of a lot of advantages that that part of the country you have a part part of the country that it rains a lot there's sunshine a lot number one okay number two would they have a huge uh, huge much bigger population yeah number num- number three is they have a big hispanic bigger hispanic community and boxing the biggest hispanic sport exactly um number four is you have more fighters in the region you have you have thousands of fighters where in your area you maybe got 60. yeah so it's a, you know you're, you're talking about apples and oranges your yeah. your client <laughs> your clientele there with your area there is more like um oh like Idaho and Montana and out that way, you can't compare LA. LA is like yeah. uh, like New City, right? It's, it's, it's not comparable when it comes to boxing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And uh, we, actually, what Trisha and I talk about, Arcaro, is how we've been talking about how to promote boxing to younger kids to then you know to help them along. So that's why she really likes working with the amateurs and with her youth program. Well, part of the problem why younger people are not attracted to boxing is because boxer, the bigger fights are 12 rounds, the other fights are 10 rounds, where the MMA is three, four rounds, like three rounds, and all of a sudden, next guy, next two guys, next two guys, yeah. next two guys. And they like that quick, you know, immediate boom, 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 boom. So that's part of the, that's part of the problem with boxing, number one. Number two is our biggest fights um, are on pay per view. Yeah. That's a big. That's another problem, obviously. You know, so those are some issues that uh, we we don't attract younger people than we do. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's a it's definitely a challenge to promote or to to get mindshare for boxing versus versus UFC. Since we since we mentioned UFC, um. Not on the fighter side, but what's your thoughts on, you know, Dana White and his management team, how he's handled these new cards in the, in the, in the fanless era? Well, um, yeah, he, he attempted to start out by violating California law, and that was ugly. And then Disney put a stop to that because Disney owns ESPN, so they put a stop to that. Yeah. Was that the, uh, when he wanted to have it on the Indian reservation? Uh, yeah, that's not the answer. The answer yeah. was... Follow the laws, right? If you follow the laws, it's fine. But he, he, you know, he he attempted to do that. And that was like ridiculous. He what he did in Florida was fine. What he's doing in Nevada is fine now. But you know, he he, you know, put it this way: he he got his he, he got his uh, he got his tail handed to him with that move. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, have you been? Do you watch the UFC cards? No, I don't watch any any combat. Only. I don't watch any MMA Just at boxing. all. Uh, okay. I'm sure <laughs> Got it. And, you know, it's um. So then, how, how about this? Why do you think it took 
any boxing organization, well, I mean, obviously Top Rank is the only one that's had shows <clears throat> in the past few months. Why were they so? Well, this is coming from a from a from the outside in. But why did it take so long for them to schedule a show and put it on compared to UFC? Oh, I think it was like a month. No, because no, because no, because you, because they were only going to do shows in Nevada, and Nevada didn't have the the, the, the Nevada didn't have their pro, their new pro, uh, 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 rules and protocols and procedures down for it, so they were they it was hinging on Nevada. They don't want the Florida. Okay. Don, um, Don was going to do that. That was a that was an act of desperation because they borrowed. Two hundred seventy-five million and eleven percent interest. They can borrow money from that that money cheaper for me. Oh, but, okay. So that they need to get back in business quick. Yeah. So they wanted so to was, stick to. They wanted the fights to be in Vegas. Top ranked. Yeah, top ranked. They weren't going to Florida. They weren't going to these other places. They had offers to go other places. They wanted to do them in Vegas. I didn't think about that. I, you know, in my brain, I thought it seems like they're behind the eight ball. David says shit. Bob Adams broke. Yeah. He needs money. Get out of here. Stop with this shit, please. His own parent, um, Disney valued when they were doing the ESPN deal a couple of years ago, uh, back in 2017, uh, when he called valued their his film library alone at 500 million. His building, I mean, it's got to be worth 60 million in Vegas where the office is. He's got a, he's got homes in uh, Beverly Hills and mansions in Beverly Hills and, and in Vegas. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and, and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm sure, in the bank. I mean, the guy's a billionaire. I don't know where I don't know what data comes up with this well, shit from. He it's just, a show. He just falls off at the uh, at the mouth. Yeah. You know, I listen. Dana's doing a great job with UFC. Dana, stick to UFC, please. <laughs> He's been threatening to get in boxing for three years. He has Zufa boxing. Remember those shirts? Yeah. Where's Zufa boxing? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nowhere to be seen. He's right now worried about his Fight Island. Yeah, Fight Island. Yeah. Um. Good luck to him. <laughs> well, from UFC, what are your thoughts on the Zone? They they sort they signed Canelo, I believe, who was their first main guy and said okay sign up to our subscription-based service you don't have to do that 80 dollar pay-per-views no, no, joshua, joshua was the first main guy. the main guy yeah anthony joshua right i what do i think i think eddie eddie hearn's a fabulous promoter in the uk he's done a horrible job over here and oscar came in with canelo with his fights and his fights are doing well Ryan Garcia, um, uh, Virgil Ortiz, besides Canelo, his up-and-coming guys, and Eddie's world title fights spent it in, in, uh, in these big fights with Rubio Jr. Chavez versus Danny Jacobs and and, uh, and and Dimitri Andrade and all these fights. They don't mean shit. Nothing. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think they got the wrong promoter in the U.S., I think they got the right one in the skirt, and I think they got the wrong one in, in, in Eddie. Do you? So again, this is just as a as a fan looking outside, looking in. But I actually I canceled my subscription because, and and I know that there isn't there isn't a whole lot of options at the moment. But even before the thing shut down, they were focusing so much attention on these YouTube guys boxing. And their whole strategy, okay, sucks. Their whole business mode of apparandi, their business model sucks. Eddie's not an American promoter. They need to leave him in Europe, let him concentrate over there, and let, let uh, Oscar De La Hoya concentrate over here. There, you cannot, Eddie can't serve two masters, and it's greatly affected the zone. The zone's advertising and marketing is horrible. First of all, is what is the zone? You're competing against a five-hour app from the leader in worldwide leader in sports, ESPN, a household iconic <laughs> name right. in American society. 
compared to the Zolder, you want ten to twenty dollars a month, depending if it's a yearly description or a monthly description. Yeah. Uh, okay, the monthly uh, twenty dollars a month or t- or ten dollars a month if you do it year round. Right. Okay. Make a long story short, nobody knows what the zone is. My okay. My wife says, "What is the zone?" And, okay. My and my wife's a very alert person. I tried to explain it to her. She goes, "They couldn't have come up with a better name that meant something and uh, meant something." Yeah. You know, the, the, they could have called it the the the, the, the premium or premier or or the Great Combat Sports State um, Network or some some name like that. What would it? What is the zone? It doesn't mean a thing. Nothing. No. Come up the name that means something. <laughs> and they show darts and cricket and. No, they may. I know they do. Eddie Hearn's father's got a lot to do with the darts and the cricket. I get all that. Yeah. Okay. I forget all that. But but you know I'll call it the all sports station, all sports network, yeah. all sports <laughs> app, or some freaking thing. What what is the zone? What's the zone? And then a, I have a lot of people. Wait, a lot of people put out Carlos Bazin. Yeah. It's, okay, the zone. D A Z N. Exactly. That's what I was going to mention. I have friends who pronounce it differently. It has no identity. None. Okay. They got to stop. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a little nuts, and did and. I, this could be me just being nitpicky, but all of the attention put on these YouTube guys, and then it, it just made me turn away. And it's like, if, my problem is it's about hardcore boxing fans and people that appreciate the art of boxing and, 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 and okay, and fighters, and they come up with guys, fraudulent guys that put gloves on, and like people are going to buy them. That's not translating the shit. Yeah. Okay, those people are not by. You need subscribers every month, not a couple times a year, and 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 and, and disgrace the sport, the, the a great sport to do it. It's exactly, just not right. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully, I mean, uh, hopefully they get there, because I do want to see these Canelo fights and I want to see Joshua fights. Um, so hopefully they'll get their their stuff together and maybe I'll come back. Um, I'll say it better for you. They, they need to get their shit together. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a tough it's tough in general. I mean, you you're trying to you're trying to get mindshare and you're trying to get attention, and there's just so many different outlets and so many different ways to do it. And I get that you're not going to be able to resonate with everyone, but like you said, you need your real boxing fans to subscribe not your you know seven not that age matters but not that your young uh, fan who only watches youtube and that's the, that's obviously a, a mistake um who's your uh turning things a little bit more to to the boxing side uh, to the boxing uh, on the fighter side who's your favorite guy of all time and i'm not i'm sure that you've been asked this question maybe 500 times Five hundred, about fifty thousand. <laughs> um, probably, I, I would say Roberto Duran. A combination of greatness, great fights, charisma. I know him personally. He knows me personally. I worked with him from '92 to '97. So I would say Roberto Duran. Yeah, I've seen. I haven't. I see. I should go back and watch way more of his fights, um, but. His his fights are great to watch, or the ones that I've seen, they're really entertaining. Um, well, then watch if- Duran, watch Duran Leonard one, watch um, um, Davy uh, uh, Duran Davy Moore, and watch Duran versus Barkley. You'll get a good idea of greatness. Okay, do you do that? Do you go on YouTube and watch old fights for fun? Of course, I do. Yeah, that's is, what else am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, I do that. I do that too. I've uh, I'm a I like watching the Pacquiao Morales fights. I've seen them maybe three or four times over. Those uh those to me were really entertaining. Well, the, the, the another three great fights to watch is uh, Barrera and Morales, all yeah. three fights, and Gaddy Ward. Gaddy Ward is great, but. They're C fighters. They're C. They're B and C fighters. 
where uh, Morales and uh, and and Pacquiao, I mean, I'm sorry, Morales and um, and uh, Barrera were were A were A fighters, the best of the divisions. Right, big difference in skill level. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, you know, the I think I watch YouTube more than well, no, I definitely watch YouTube more than network television or even movies, uh, and going back and watching, you know, his old old thing older things, is a is a fantastic resource to have nowadays. Um, wow, that's there's just so so much, like I want to ask you all of these questions, but they've been they're all uh, they're all things that you've been asked so many times but why don't you just tell me what you think the like where do you think boxing will change in some way i mean there's been the new organizations that have come up in the past we'll see when was the the, the oldest one that came the newest one that came up because when i hear talks w- of, the wbo came out in 86 yeah 87. so do you think that in the future there's going to be more or do you think that no. there's no, going they're, to be they're, less they're no n- neither the four those four that's it they're gonna say now do you think it should yeah. go down no force for four four is plenty and, and and any less the problem is the fighters only fight one or two times a year these world champs if he had one champion he's gonna fight once or twice a year i mean maybe maybe you know come on we need four chance just to accommodate the challengers. Yeah, and they have and keep the food chain moving. You know what I'm saying? So the cooperation that the organizations have with each other, what um, what do you think the main roadblocks are? Ego, <laughs> lack of brain. <laughs> so these these are pretty obvious roadblocks. <laughs> yeah, they're very obvious. What's your dream matchup right now? Like that could happen right now. Like let's say you know when uh, when when we're back in. Yeah, I would say I would say Fury and Joshua. I mean, that, that would be the biggest fight in the world. I mean, well, there's nothing bigger than that. That would be one that well, they're for sure they're going to fight in in the in the UK. I don't know about that. Well, you think so, and I think so, but it may not. You don't know that. Yeah, they. Yeah, that would be inner because that would be one that I would want to go to. I have a I have a friend in Chicago, and uh, we sort of have this tradition of meeting in Vegas for big fights. And so far, we've done three. Um, it's been a while since we've had one, but the first one we saw was Pacquiao. Um, Pacquiao. When he got knocked out, Marquez four. Um, we uh-huh. were we were in Vegas to see that fight, and for my first time being in a big boxing show, that was very electric. That was a, a fantastic right. experience. What they should have done with that, what they should have done with that, that was a perfect fight to advertise for a pillow or a bed or something like that. <laughs> they could have superimposed a pillow under Cacquiao's head. You know, that the, was the advertising, the advertising world missed their calling with that one. You know, <laughs> that was one scary knockout. It was, uh, you know, just seeing him land face first, not even an attempt to break his fall, uh, was uh, was pretty exciting. <clears throat> and then the number of Mexico, well, the, <laughs> I mean the, the the MGM only holds what like twelve or fourteen thousand, fourteen thousand people. And I think fifteen. So, I think like fifteen five. It's close. It yep. seemed like everyone in there was Mexican because they were like the you could just hear everyone cheering in Spanish, and then the thousands and thousands of people walking through the casino as they were exiting was uh, <laughs> it was pretty it was it was a very cool experience. Um, the second yep. one that I went to was Canelo um, Khan. Which was, yeah, it was good, expected. Uh, but then we went to go see uh, Triple G and Canelo Part Two, and that one that was a fun fight to go to. So I, mm-hmm. I, I love going to these fights. And <clears throat> when they talk about this Anthony Joshua Fury fight, I thought, man, that might be a really good one to actually get on a plane 
and go to because that's going to be just electric. Don't forget to wear your COVID mask. <laughs> I've only worn a mask once for about two minutes, and then I had to take it off. I it's no, I we uh, I don't know, I, irresponsible maybe. <laughs> Do you have here's the, here's a question for you. Um, are you a collector of boxing related items? Like I could just imagine absolutely, what. Absolutely, absolutely not. I no? give everything away to charity for 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 silent auctions, Chinese auctions, all that kind of stuff. I I keep nothing zero. Wow. Nope. That's nope. fascinating. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like I'm curious, no. well, if you were to have kept. A few things. What do you think would be the coolest thing? Nothing. Nothing at all. I don't. I don't look at things that way. I, I give things away to charity. I can't give my money away because I can't afford to. So, I give. Um, I give things away that can can produce money for other. You know, for other people. Whether wow, they're friends, is, whether they're that collectors. That is fantastic I mean, of you. I don't, sell, I don't sell that stuff. It's not me. You know, I'm just not. I'm not cut out that way. Yeah. Wow, that is that is uh, yeah, that is super. That is super fantastic that you that you do that, and I'm sure that the items that you've been that you've had throughout the years have uh, have brought great results for auctions. <clears throat> I'm a bit of a collector. Um, <clears throat> my wife says I'm on the I'm on the verge of being a hoarder, but uh, in my office I have lots of stuff. Like I have signed t-shirts and boxing shorts and boxing gloves and when new people come into the office into the studio they just look around in amazement that i that i have so much stuff um i'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you one good story about collecting ready one real real good story so um don king gave me um sent me a check one day a long time ago obviously you know mid mid 90s fifty thousand. i'm sorry and um, sends me a check, and um, includes uh, an autographed picture there. My 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 main man, Rick, Don King. Okay, so I um, I said, you know, it's nice and stuff, but I was moving and stuff like that. I am uh, in the process of uh, relocating locally here. I just said, you know, I'll put this to good use. I'll give it to this charity. So I gave it to this charity, and the guy the guy calls me up about a week after the thing, the auction, and picked the thing up and paid for it and stuff like that. It just called me up. He goes, he goes, Rick. He goes, my name is Rick. I can't remember his last name anymore. I go, yeah, his name is mine. I go, yeah. I go, I, I bought the picture. I, I really think Don King is cool, but it's also got, you know, we share a common name, Rick, on there, blah, blah, blah. I think, can I get a, a letter of authenticity with that? <laughs> the, the, the guy paid like $200 for it at the auction. Okay? And, and, okay? I said, letter of authenticity. I said, Don King, he's like, yeah, what, what the fuck is this? So I said, I'll tell you what, I do. give me your email address. So I'll write it up that Don gave it to me at you know such and such a date, blah blah blah, and everything else like that. And um, and he he uh, said I sent it to him back, and you know he emailed it. He was happy with that. So uh, in the meantime, as I ran into the guy one night at a restaurant, and and uh, he knew who I was, and he says to me, he goes, "You're Rick Laser." Yeah, he goes, "I'm such and such. I bought that thing." Blah blah blah. He said, "You never sent me the letter, the uh, oh. official letter on Tiffany. Just saw the email from you. I never <laughs> sent it. <in. laughs> Can you imagine? Why did you to have a printed to actually have it printed? <clears throat> well, yeah, that's exactly. funny. And then so, uh, he know, must have been thinking in the back of his head to sell it at some point because that's the only reason no. to really have it. Exactly. No, <laughs> Trying exactly. to flip your picture." Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that yeah, be crazy exactly. though if he did flip it and got like two grand for your picture? <laughs> it, 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 listen, it doesn't matter. The, the charity donated, you know, I donated to, to the charity. They put it up for auction. You know, it worked out well for everybody. But you know, the guy asked me for a letter of authenticity. Stop with this, will you? Yeah. The, anyways, the craziest it's not like thing. 8, 000, you yeah. Know? 
the craziest thing that I bought was uh, um, some collector shorts from Triple G collector shorts where he signed. And uh, nice. it, it was the it was that it was the shorts, a picture and gloves that he signed. And it was a five hundred dollar package. Mm. Um, nice. <clears throat> and I got the shorts and the picture framed. It looks great, which framing is really expensive for people who don't know getting no, things no. framed. It's very expensive. But I was thinking about it later. That same weekend, Andre Ward had us had his own signing free. He was signing for free. You could do whatever you you could, uh, you know, you could bring in whatever you wanted. And uh, yeah, well, with- you know how that happens a lot of times is let's say he's got a sponsor and the sponsor says you got to make 12 public appearances a year yeah. and sign autographs for two hours and stuff like that. A lot of times that happens. Yeah. That's how those people go around. Right. It was at a shoe palace. So, yeah, maybe he had his deal with shoe palace. There you go. There you go. But it was nice. Just like the NASCAR with the the NASCAR racers, uh, they have to appear so many times. They have so many sponsors. They have to appear so many times a year. And they all do. Yeah. You know, Rick, there's a business reason for everything athletes do. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's some sort some sort of stipulation or part of the agreement. So I'm here that you know, you know, I still think he was a nice guy for doing it because I had him sign two pairs of gloves, two t shirts, and a magazine <laughs> and record a little video for me. And so I abused my privilege of you know of meeting him. And even as I was leaving the line, one of his entourage uh took me to the side and he's like, dude. He's like, I hope you th- know that you're really lucky because he usually doesn't do all of that for one person. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I, I greatly appreciate it. So it, and for my experience, it, it was Andre Ward is a fantastic guy. Um, you mentioned NASCAR. Do you follow any other motorsports or is it strictly NASCAR? Well, I, I follow uh, IndyCar or NASCAR. I follow dirt track uh Sprint car midget racing on uh, YouTube. They got all the races on YouTube yeah. now. I follow that. You know, I enjoy it. It's fun. I'm uh, I've been an F1 fan for about uh, for for one season. Last last season was the first season that I followed all the way through. Uh, I subscribed to the F1 TV, and for about a month, all I was doing is going and watching all of the races from the 80s and into the 90s. And it's <laughs> it's not, okay. It's not the most exciting, but I like hearing the commentators and how they talk about the engines and how the you know hearing the drivers talk about uh, talk about driving. And I just can't get enough of it. I love it. I'm excited that the work and they're mm-hmm. going to have the first F1 race on July 5th in Austria, and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for some racing. That's cool. Yeah, I, I watch it occasionally with the Formula One, Lewis Hamilton. Those guys, but I, I'm not really a big, I'm not big in that type of racing. What's the, that that's interesting. What's the, because a lot of people say for NASCAR is that other, there's, there, all you're doing is going in circles. But then my response to that is there's actually, was there six or seven turns in a, on a in an oval? And uh, well, there, well, there's, there's four turns for sure. And sometimes there's, Sometimes the, the, the front straightaway's got a dog leg, so that would be uh, two more turns in reality. Yeah. Um, so, um, truth of the matter is, there's 40 cars out there, and anybody can win in any given week. It depends on how big the track is, how fast, how fast the track is, how wide it is. Um, you know, aerodynamics plays a a, a big role in right. it. You know, it's. You know, everybody likes something different. I'm not in the road course, so that's why I don't like Formula One. I'm not a road course guy. Oh, interesting. I only watch the Indy cars if they're on oval. I don't watch if they're on a road course. I don't like road course racing. That is the super interesting. The cars, the cars get lost, and all of a sudden they reappear. You don't see them for two minutes, and all of a sudden they come back. I mean, yeah. What kind of shit is that? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, last season I went to the my for my birthday. My wife hooked me up with tickets to the U.S. Grand Prix, so I went down to Austin and and got to see it and it was you know it was right up there in my book with the with that Pacquiao mm-hmm. fight that I went to you know even though I only saw the cars you know for about 10 seconds 
a few times, you know, however many laps the race were. That's, that's not racing for me. I want to follow a car around with my eyeballs. I don't think all of a sudden they come out of yeah. nowhere. Then they, then they disappear again. Yeah. I turned it yeah. into a party. I was in, for, for some reason, the section where I was in, they were a bunch of Dutch fans, and they were all cheering for the Red Bull driver, Max Verstappen. And I befriended them, and we might have had a lot of beers, and it just sort of turned into this party, and it was uh, it was it was a great experience. So uh, hopefully next time I'll go. I'm, I told my wife you definitely have to come with me because it's you know the, the, just the party of it. I I dig it, but I do understand on your side where you want to to see the position, you know, all as much as you can of the cars to get a feel for position or what they're doing, and that's uh, that's an important aspect as well. <clears throat> um, well, Rick, I've taken almost an hour of your time, and again, I greatly appreciate it. Um, hopefully, you had a good chat with me. <laughs> no problem. I'll do it again anytime you like. Just is there is there anything uh-huh. is there anything that you want to that you want to share? Any thoughts? Um, and then I'll also uh, put where you can be found. Anybody can follow me. They can follow me on Twitter at. Real Rick Laser, uh, the numeral one. It's uh, R E A L, uh, Real Rick Laser, Rick R I C K Laser G L S E R, and and the number one. Be very careful, and you got there's a lot of fake Rick Laser accounts out there. Uh, one is actually called Real Rick Laser, and I'm Real Rick Laser one. Um, so um, make sure I came on in January of 2020. So um, that's how they know it's me. Yeah. So, uh, I tweet boxing 24 seven. You do. Uh, yep. I tweet boxing 24 seven. So, uh, I'm here, you know, follow me on Twitter. Perfect. At, at Real Rick one. And I'll put your, I'll pull, I'll, I'll put all of your social media links in, in the show notes so people can just yeah, click. Just, just, just put the Twitter one. That's all. Okay. Perfect. We'll do that. Well, Rick, Thanks. thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day. Enjoy your race. And we'll be uh, on the lookout for you on Twitter to learn more about the intricacies of boxing. Thanks for having me. Enjoy, fellas. Have a great day. Bye.